Welcome to the Marriage by the Book podcast. Whether you have a great marriage or one that needs improvement, this is the show for you. Since 1994, we've used biblical principles to help hundreds of couples, just like you, find relationship success. As you listen, you'll get practical tips, knowledge, and motivation that will help bring greater intimacy and happiness to your marriage so that you can enjoy the relationship you've dreamed of. And now, this is Marriage by the Book. Hello, everyone. This is Rick Porterfield, and uh, thanks for being with me today. Um, thanks for listening to the Marriage by the Book podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, just I want to thank you as well for liking and sharing. And uh, if you have questions or feedback, you know, send us an email, info at marriage by the book. We, we want to hear from you. And uh, today I'm going to start a series. Um, basically what I'm going to do, and this is going to take us a while. I'll be at this for several weeks. But I'm going to take you through the basically the information that Rebecca and I, if we were working with a couple one-on-one, that we would take them through. And, um, you know, this is for marriages, whether they're really good or whether they need some help, okay? So this can make great marriages better. It can make uh, marriages in need of help. It can, it can reconcile them. And I'll tell you this, um, we can all improve, right? We can all get better. We're never all the way there. I know Rebecca and I aren't all the way there. So wherever you are, I believe that what I'm going to be talking about is really going to help you. And again, I'm going to be teaching what we use when we do marriage counseling one-on-one with another couple, so to speak. Um, and so also, and this is kind of a bold thing to say, but I'm going to say it is that, you know, when we do this, we have seen a hundred percent success when both people will agree to do what we show them and it's not Rebecca and I it's it's because we're showing them biblical truths and James chapter 1 says you know it's the doers of the work that are blessed in what they do if we'll do the word if people do what the Bible tells them to do do what God tells them to do regarding their marriage it will succeed and even when one person grabs a hold of this and does it we've seen great success there as well now there have been a few cases where one person says you know I'm just not going to do it I'm, I'm not going to do that. And there's just not much you can do in a situation like that. But anyway, again, if you can get both people or even one just to really commit to this and do it, we've seen great success with it. And, um, you know, the subject that I'm going to be introducing today uh, radically changed my life. Okay, this is something that God spoke to me, something God showed me in the Word, and it changed our relationship and has been, you know, really one of the foundations of for us helping others ever since, okay? So here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the problem in relationships. And believe it or not, there is just one problem in relationships, and it's not your spouse, okay? So I probably said two shocking things to a lot of you right there. One is that there's just one problem. You're probably thinking, no, there's lots of problems. You have finances and kids and sex and whatever it is, you know, all these different problems, communication, whatever whatever problems you have in your relationship, you're thinking, no, there's more than one. But the thing I want to tell you is all those are really just symptoms that are caused by the, the one root problem I'll be talking about. And 
the other thing you might be thinking is, wait a minute, you said it's not my spouse. You know, <laughs> it is my spouse. They're, they're the problem, let me tell you. Really, they're not, okay? And you're going to see that as we go through this. And uh, anyway, I'll probably spend um, more than just one session on this topic right here. So again, there's just one root problem in relationships. There's just one problem, and it's not your spouse, okay? So I'm going to lay a little groundwork as we go through here. One, I want to talk about um, in laying groundwork is that relationships are extremely important, okay? We need to, if there's a problem in relationships, we need to find out what that problem is and deal with it because relationships are just not just in marriage even, but just in life. The importance of relationships is just tremendous okay now get this i'm going to cite a couple of things here for you but back in the 1930s that's a long time ago now but the carnegie institute of technology did this study about relationships and what they found was that 15 percent of a person's success in life is based on their technical skill and 85 percent of their success is based on their ability to deal with and get along with people. Now get that, 15% on technical skill, 85% based on your ability to deal with and get along with people. That just shows you the importance of relationship. It's more important than your technical skill, your important your ability to deal with people. Okay, so you think, well, that was a long time ago. Man, is that still relevant today? Well, in the 1990s, which is still a little while ago, but in the 1990s, the Stanford Research Institute did a similar study, and what they found is that 12.5% of the money of, uh, an individual makes in any endeavor is determined, 12.5% is determined by their knowledge, and 87.5% by their ability to deal with people. So there again, very similar results. It's, you know, so much of our success in life in, in any endeavor, whether it's business or career or job or marriage, or just relating to your friends and neighbors and family. Whatever it is, so much of your success in life is going to be based on your relationships, your ability to deal with people. So again, if there's just one problem, man, we need to know what it is, and we need to deal with it because it's going to help you succeed in every facet of life. And the thing, you know, I don't need research to con- to confirm the Bible. But when it does, I really like it, you know, and those things I just told you, really, God said it first, you know, the New Testament commandment, Jesus said, the new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. I call that the New Testament commandment. And uh, that command fulfills all of the other laws and some scriptures you can refer to for that are John 13, 34, and Galatians 5, 14. Again, there's a New Testament commandment to love one another, and that one command fulfills all of the other laws. The Bible tells us that. And then in Joshua 1, 7, and 8, it says if we keep God's laws, which the New Testament tells us that's loving each other. So if we love each other, if we keep God's laws, we'll have good success. Again, Joshua 1, 7 through 8 tells us that. So success in life is based on loving one another having good relationships so again relationships dealing with people is important you can't even get to heaven without a relationship right so this is important this is a big deal what we're talking about and again if there's one problem in relationships man let's identify it and deal with it that's what i'm doing today so but maybe you've noticed this okay again we're laying some groundwork here relationships can be difficult have you ever offended someone without even meaning to 
Have you ever done that? I have. I've offended Rebecca without meaning to. I've offended other people without intending to. It just can happen. You know, and even in the Bible, you see that happening. You know, in Genesis 3, 5, and 6, there's many examples, but we'll look at one. Here, the serpent is talking to Eve and convincing her to eat the fruit. And it says this, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You know, this is a side note uh, from me, but he's, he's lying to her, obviously. He says you'll be like God. She was already like God. They were made in his image, right? Okay, anyway. Verse 6 goes on and says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Now, this is, again, this is the serpent tempting Eve, and they eat the fruit, and she was deceived. Adam wasn't. He was right there with her. She gave, That's another story. She gave him some fruit, and he ate it. But anyway, this is the story of, of the fall of man, right? And I don't think... Eve intended, or Adam even intended, to get kicked out of the Garden of Eden. This is like an unintentional offense like I'm talking about. They were probably surprised at the repercussions of what happened. Maybe they shouldn't have been, but they probably were. And again, people can offend each other without even meaning to, okay? Um, and here's another thing I've noticed, okay? I won't dwell on that topic anymore. Again, we offend each other without intending to, without meaning to. And another thing is this tendency to have recurring arguments, the same argument over and over again. I don't know if that's happened to you. Probably it has, if you're honest. I know it's happened to me. It's happened to me and Rebecca. You know, we argue about things, not anymore, thank God, but we, we used to, and maybe you do, but people in general argue about things like whether the socks go in the hamper or in front of it, you know, or whether you can wash the red shirt with the white clothes. Probably you can't. But anyway, people argue what kind of toothpaste they're going to use. People argue about all kinds of things, okay? And again, maybe you've had these recurring arguments. It can be about in-laws. It can just, just, there's just a multitude of things it can be about. Well, this root problem I'm talking about that I want to identify today is at the heart of these unintentional offenses and these recurring arguments. And so we're going to deal with it and begin to cut this thing off. It's like if you find a hose just laying in your yard running, you know, if the hose has just got water pouring out of it, you know what to do. You go to the spigot and just turn the water off. Well, if you've got strife and issues going, arguments and quarrels going on in your relationship, if that's running in your relationship, well, we can go to the spigot and begin to cut this thing off and make a change in your relationship. It's just like that. So anyway, what causes these problems in relationships? You know, why do we offend each other without even trying? Why do we have these recurring arguments? Well, several years ago now, Rebecca and I had gotten into an argument. And I was in our bedroom. And I was praying about this. I was talking to God. I said, God, why is it that, you know, we had just, again, we'd just gotten into a fight. It was a recurring argument. And I was asking God, what was causing us to have these, what was causing us? to have these fights and arguments over and over again. And I was thinking about this. I thought, okay, is it communication? And people, you know, that's a problem. Communication is a big deal in relationships. But, you know, I could communicate and communicate and communicate, talk and talk and talk, and make it worse. Maybe you've had that happen to you. You know, I've heard, I had heard people say, well, having your priorities out of whack is the biggest problem. I'm thinking, no, that's, that's not what's going on with us, you know. And 
I'd heard that um, money or maybe your spouse is just mean or whatever. You know, Rebecca wasn't just mean. It wasn't money. You know, those are, and again, those things really are just symptoms of the problems. Uh, but, and none of those things are the problem. And again, I was asking God, you know, what causes us to have these arguments? What's going on here? And God answered me just clear as day, you know, one of the loudest responses I've ever gotten from God. If you, I didn't hear like an audible voice, but just in her, inside of me, I heard the voice of God say self-centeredness. And it just went off in me like a bomb. <clears throat> Man, I saw it. I just, it was like revelation. I saw it, you know, and uh, it was like this mushroom cloud almost, just like, whoa, I just, again, I just saw it. I don't know how to describe that or explain it, but I remember when I got out, it was almost like getting punched as well. You know, you're thinking, wait a minute, me, self-centeredness, that's the problem. Wait a minute, God, it's her. And what God was showing me is, no, it's you. You know, the self-centeredness in you. Now, there's self-centeredness in her. There's self-centeredness in all of us. But the self-centeredness I can deal with is my own. And I remember that just within moments or maybe minutes of God telling me this, I told him, I said, God, you're going to have to show me this in the Bible because nobody's going to believe me. I'd never heard anybody say this before. Um, so I told God, you need to show me this in the Bible. And within just a day or two, he did. Okay. And one of the, the first place he showed this to me, and there's others, but the first one was in James 4, verse 1. And I was reading the contemporary English version. That's the version I was reading this, again, several years ago. And um, I'm just going to read you what I found. It says, why, again, this is James 4, verse 1, and James is asking the same question that I was asking when I prayed that day. He says, why do you fight and argue with each other? That's really the same question I asked that day. And then here's what the answer is. Isn't it because you're full of selfish desires that fight to control your body? So there, you see, James is getting the same answer. And again, there's other places that say this as well. Proverbs 13.10 in the King James Version says, Only by pride comes contention. You know, pride is just an exalting of self, okay? Pride and self-centeredness are the same thing. So I don't want to get into a big explanation of that, but pride is just just an exalting of self. It is self-centeredness. So here we see pride, only by pride comes contention. So if we're having contention in our relationships, it's because of pride, it's because of self-centeredness, okay? Other scriptures that talk about this, and I'm not going to read these, but Isaiah 53, 6 says this, and also Galatians 5, 13 through 15 uh, in the Amplified Classic Version. Again, I'm not going to read those right now, but I encourage you, go look at those, okay? And uh, and you'll see there that the Bible just shows us over and over again that self-centeredness, that is the problem in relationships. So let me just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to define self-centeredness, tell you the effects, and then we're going to um, stop here for today and go further in the next session on this. But, okay, so let's define self-centeredness. It's when we put our needs and wants and desires above those of others, above your spouse, if we're talking specifically about marriage. That is the problem in relationships. And it destroys relationships. If there's a problem in a relationship, whether it's between you and your spouse, between you and your neighbor, at your job, in your career, whatever it is, if there's a relationship issue, this is what 
else going on. Somebody's being self-centered, and probably both people are. But again, the self-centeredness I can deal with is mine. I can't necessarily deal with the other person. I can only deal with me. So again, real quick, let's talk about the, I just want to list the effects of self-centeredness for you, okay? One is, it, I mentioned this already, but it destroys relationships, okay? Second, a second effects, effect is it will destroy success in your life, okay? A third major effect is that self-centeredness can lead to manipulation. And again, I'm going to come back next week and talk more in depth about each of these. We need to, you know, turn off the spigot, as I said. Uh, so it can, the third effect here is it can cause manipulation. A fourth effect is it creates all of these symptoms, all these other things that we think are the problem, okay, and aren't. And a fifth effect is it steals your joy, it steals your happiness. And we'll, you know, again, talk more about each of those next week. We're going to stop here. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate it. Hey, if you get a chance, you know, go over to Amazon.com and check out our, we have our book and workbook are available there. Actually, I'm working on a book as well. Um, about how to find a spouse. If you're listening to this, you're probably married, but you know someone who's uh, uh, maybe maybe you know someone who's getting married or whatever. So within the next couple of months, that'll be available. How to find a spouse. We also have coming up um, in March. We're going to be doing a marriage conference in Florida, and also in April we're going to be a, doing a, a singles conference up in the uh, Washington, D.C. area. So we're really looking forward to that. Some awesome things are happening and moving forward. Thank you again for listening to this podcast, and I'll see you next week. We hope you enjoyed today's Marriage by the Book podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and hit the subscribe button. For additional resources or to go deeper, visit marriagebythebook.org. See you next time.